Welcome to Care Alive. Every day in politics is an adventure. There's so much happening in the media cycle, it's hard to keep up. Elections are over, well, except for Florida and Georgia. Uh, We have a new Congress beginning in January, and one thing that we have to do as a collective is to keep our lawmakers accountable. We voted them in, so we are their bosses. We should assure that our lawmakers are adhering to the rule of law, and a lots of times we as individuals don't realize the power that we have. But you can affect change because all politics are local. So let's, here we go. Let's get the preliminary stuff out of the way. If you want to join the conversation, call 563-999. 3627. Again, the number is 563-999-3627. On Twitter, I'm at Caralive. For this conversation, use the hashtag Caralive. Follow on Facebook and Instagram at Caralive. So tonight, my guest is Mike McQuarrie. He's the communication director for Stacy Plus who's a representative of uh, the Virgin Islands. His Twitter and IG handle is DCNUP90. Again, that is D-C-N-U-P-E-90. And so where do we start? I guess we should start with Michigan. Um, Mm. And an hour outside of – oh, hi, Mike. How you doing, I'm good, thanks. So, um, an hour outside of your hometown of Detroit is Flint, Michigan, and yes, Flint ma'am. has been yes, and Flint has been suffering from a water crisis with high lead levels since 2014. Actually, so, Flint's what, been suffering for years before that when the auto industry left, but that's another story. Uh, Oh wow! So, so the water crisis is just another addition to what was already happening. Exactly. So, so tell us about Flint then, and and what the the current status is. Um, Flint is um, the water. People have to still boil their water. This is almost two years later, if you can believe that. Um, you still have people volunteering and 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 uh, donating water to the to the city. From what I understand, um, they're still going through some um, before, um, you know, court issues with the people that did it with the state and things like that. But the bottom line is that the water problem is not fixed. You still have residents there that have to boil their water. They can't drink their water. And they've been going through this for years, um, for years. And it, it's sad that a state, a, a city, I'm sorry, in this country is going through that right now. And Flint is a very, is a, is a town, you know, workers um uh, a, a blue collar town. You know, it used to be a lot of people who could would work in the um, auto industry in Detroit would go back home and live because the rent and the housing was cheaper in Flint. And so that's how it kind of became, um, you know, what it is now. And it's, it's also famous for a few basketball players from high school that went on to play professional, uh, things like that. But it's a blue collar town that doesn't deserve it. Yeah. So you're saying two years. Actually, I thought it was longer than that. Um, it might But remember, it was going on before they even caught it. Okay. 
so so also I, I guess my my understanding is that the uh residents are being provided bottled water to drink, to cook, the babies, yeah. as yeah. well as to boil it. Yeah. Which is crazy which is crazy. I mean in in America. I guess I guess you you probably should explain or, or if you if you have all the information on mm-hmm. how this that how this happened in the first place um, as far mm-hmm. as the governor and and what happened with um, the the water contamination how it occurred right and it's, it's very funny that you say all uh, elections have consequences we had a Republican governor at the time. Um, the little a little backstory is that it's just the pipes. The pipes that, that handled the water and where the water was coming from was contaminated. And the state of Michigan, who was, was to regulate, you know, the water and make sure, you know, the environment was, was safe for that city, let the city down. And so you have a lot of people who are working for the Republican governor's administration now now are being indicted for various crimes. But they knew this was happening. They were just they just you know pushed it up under the rug. Um, I don't want to say it was because it's a more a majority minority city, but they just figured that it was not important to to take care of. Now I guarantee you, if it was a places like Gross Point, Michigan, or you know um, Taylor, Troy, or something like that, your more affluent areas outside of Detroit, going in the same distance, it wouldn't happen that way. But um, when it you know it all came down, they got caught. You know, it became a, a, a national issue for, for for a couple of months, and as you can see, it's kind of died down. We don't really hear about it anymore. But the people of Flint are being taken care of, from what I understand now. All the pipes are going to be changed. It's not going to take – you can't do it overnight, but it's going to take a while before you can do that. Yeah, you're right. It was national just for a hot minute. Matter of fact, right. the, the current president, when he was on the campaign trail, stopped mm-hmm. in the area. And, right, briefly. I'm still waiting – briefly. And I'm still waiting what – I haven't heard him say anything about it since, since right. he went there. Nothing. So you, no, yeah. and, the, and, the, and the EPA, his administration hasn't said anything about it. Right, which is so unfortunate. So I, I guess right. we, you know, we as regular citizens have to have to stay on top of the game and ensure that right. you know someone is is looking out for those people. Um, right. So, so probably just a nice segue to a, a, another conversation, which is mm-hmm. which is very which is very similar. Um, Mm-hmm. You, you being the communication director for um, Congresswoman Plaskett that represents the Virgin Islands, and the Virgin Islands was hit by Hurricane Irma and Maria. I think it was the only a, place, the only place in the in the world that got hit by two Category Five hurricanes. The only place, right? And, and again, what are we hearing about that? And what is the recovery progress at this time? Right. Well, the recovery, um, the Virgin Islands is it's a, it's a island of 100,000 people. Um, people don't forget that it's a part of America. You don't need a passport to go there. It's the uh, easternmost part of the United States um, uh, as a part of the United States. And it's a, it's, they call it paradise. And what had happened is that they were, the, the Virgin Islands has been through the last 20 years, maybe three or four major hurricanes. And what they would do is they would rebuild the same way instead of rebuilding it better and you know, ways that it wouldn't have to, uh, it could be resist hurricanes like it did. Um, so right now they have about $8.9 billion that the government has allocated to them to rebuild, um, to put their um, electricity lines underground, to make their their, um, their roofs and their buildings more um, um, resilient to hurricanes. And it's, it's a lot of blue roofs in the Virgin Islands, and that's because when you have a hurricane, um, FEMA comes in and temporarily puts a blue tarp over your roof 
um, to, you know, so again, the elements can stay out. I just came back from the Virgin Islands four days ago. I spent a week there. If you fly in, you can still see a lot of blue roofs um, um, in, the, in the territory. Um, but they're very resilient people. Only thing is that every time you hear of, of, of a hurricane or a tropical disturbance probably coming, they get a little nervous, just like they had a little tropical wave the other day. But, I mean, the people forget that that's America. That's a part of America, the Virgin Islands. And the Virgin Islands was acquired from the Danish because it was a strategic military point. You know, it's, that's why it was acquired. And, um, it's been under seven different flags before it became an American um, territory. Um, you know, I worked for a great congresswoman, Stacey Plaskin, who made sure that she was down there every uh, as, many, as much as she could after the hurricanes. But then she was back in D.C. allocating um, and advocating for the, the Virgin Islands as much as she could. And they, they weren't supposed to get as much money as they did, but she worked so hard to make sure they got extra money to make sure this doesn't happen again. And $8.9 billion or what they're getting is not nearly enough what it takes to make everybody's lives whole down there. But it's a, it's a great start. Yeah, you know, coincidentally, I heard her speak today. I was at the mm-hmm. um, um, the NAN conference um, oh, you this okay morning. There. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, I heard her speak, and she was talking about, um, I guess, the, the being strapped for funding and um, how they were having a hard time getting funding in order to, you know, to to recover. So I was just wondering. Um, well, two things. I heard you just say something mm-hmm. about the the power. Did they have mm-hmm. the same issues that Puerto Rico had as far as not having power for an extensive time? And do they? Ha- I assume they have power now. Yeah, they have power now, but they were out. They were without power for I would say roughly two months. Um, the, I mean, when you want to say the whole island came back online, it was not till Christmas um, that that um, that the power was restored to the whole island. I was just down there last weekend. We temporarily, their power goes out every now and then. It's still not, you know, 24-7. Every now and then power goes out. But um, they, it took them, they weren't out for as long as Puerto Rico was. Puerto Rico, as we know, was out for almost a year, some parts of it. But the Virgin Islands did not come on totally. The, the entire St. John, St. Croix, and St. Thomas did not come on uh, for, until about Christmas time. Uh, that's, that's scary and unfortunate. So I, I guess if, if, if someone wanted to help or do something, what, what would they be able to do or how could they help? Okay, they can call, um, they can call our office here in D.C. at 202-225-1790. And it's also something called the St. Croix Foundation. But I would really tell, it's easier if they call our office, Stacey Plastic's office at that number, 202-225-1790, because then we can direct you to, uh, to the, the, the charities and everyone that's helping with the relief efforts still down there. On the Virgin Islands, it'll be easier that way. So I guess this is a good place for me to to plug the call-in number to us again. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to join the conversation, uh, we're at five six three nine 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 three six two seven. Again, my number or the number here is five six three nine 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 three six two seven. So um, wow, so we, we've talked about. Flint and the Virgin Islands, and um, I guess the next subject that that's that's probably the big thing is um, the new Congress, and mm-hmm. I have one word to describe it: diversity. Mm-hmm. Very um, much so. so, 
it on many historic levels is there's diversity. So uh, what's one of the things I, I should address and let you talk about too. So mm-hmm. there'll be six new members added to the Congressional Black Caucus. Nine um, actually. Oh, nine new members? Okay. Yes, nine. I'm, I'm, I'm off by three then. No and problem. Then, <laughs> thank you for the correction. And mm-hmm. there's, there's my understanding, there will be five members of the CBC that will be head of committees. Is that number right? Yes, that's and correct. I think, mm-hmm. And I think the notable one, uh, uh, they're all notable, of course. But Max, I think Maxine Waters. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of the, the finance committee. And I'm laughing yes. because I, I think that's so, it's karma. It, I guess yeah, we're yeah. fine for that. It, it's karma. Um, you know, for after like almost a year being called low IQ, and now mm-hmm. you're the head of the finance committee. So one of the things I'm, I'm wondering, this is just a prediction on, on mm-hmm. my part, but I think Mnuchin is probably going to resign before mm. or after his first hearing. I'm just throwing that out there. Why do you think he's going to resign? I, I I just think he's going to leave. Mm. I I just I just remember his his um his body language during the very first one, and I I thought that he that he looked to the 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 head the chairman to to get him out of a lot of stuff. And now that Maxine Water is heading the committee, it's just going to be that much harder for him to to wiggle out of any responses that he tried to do before, and his non-response to um uh. Uh, documents she requested or, or um, notifications that she had sent him. So I'm just thinking, I don't know if he, he he's ready. Just, just, well, just, it's, be, just it's, it's, it's definitely going to be different. I don't know about him quitting because the man doesn't need the job. He's he's he's, he's rich, filthy rich. Yeah, that's doesn't true. To, that's true. So I mean, I, I I can't see him. I mean, he doesn't. He's doing it for fun. He's really doing this job for fun. But um, now that Maxine Waters will be uh, Councilman Waters will be coming in as the new chairman, she has the power to to make the struct you know uh, schedule hearings, you know uh, make you know requests that they come up and, and testify before her committee because she's the chairman now. The Republicans at that time were not were not holding the, the uh, Trump administration accountable because that was just a, that's a part of the plan. You know that's how Republicans look out for each other and things like that. But the Democrats I think are going to come in. They're not going to come in and roughshod. And be you know law and order and uh, the people's court and trying to you know do this to grandstand, but they're gonna try they're gonna expose a lot of things that we haven't been seeing. And Ms. Oh. Congresswoman Waters is gonna have a, she's gonna be you know the chairman of the finance I mean uh, financial services committee, and that's a big thing. Okay, he may be rich. I I do agree mm-hmm. with that, which mm-hmm. gives me to me even more credence of why he would quit because he's like I don't have to take this. I do not have yeah. to take this. I don't have to sit here and, and go through this. So I don't know. We'll but, see. Go ahead. But I think he enjoys what he's doing. And then also this is, you know, he's over Treasury. I'm sure this is uh, somehow his pockets are being lined. You know, he's looking out for his best interest behind the scenes too. You know, that, so it, it's a win-win for him. But, I mean, Donald Trump, uh, he couldn't do that position. But I guess he puts people in that position who he owes favors to and who he thinks can do the job and go look out for his interest too. They all came from New York, Wall Street. So that's true. You know. That's true. 
But I mean, I would. My point is, a lot of people we talk about a lot of people resigning and leaving the Trump administration. That's fine. But then he doesn't replace them with anybody any better. I mean, we talk about impeaching Donald Trump, but you got to remember, if we do that, we get uh, we get Mike Pence, which is not going to be any better. <laughs> Speaking of that, that's a nice segue to the mm-hmm. con- Congress's agenda. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're going to to it, it try to impeach him. But what I think is going to happen is there's going to be a whole laundry list of investigations that they're going to they're going to um, pounce on when Congress starts. You you have any thoughts oh, on that? No, that's um, I think that's definitely going to happen. The Judiciary Committee, uh, Congressman Gerald Nadler from New York, is already um, ready to. Um, Drop some subpoenas and start investigating. And then my, the congresswoman I work for, Stacey Plaskett, sits over government uh, government reform and oversight, and so they'll be doing a lot of investigating too. Um, but I mean, I just hope that they don't make this to this next Congress an investigating Congress or something like that. I hope we can pass some legislation that will help the American people and the world. But we have to realize that we have a Republican Senate and a Republican president, so some of the stuff we got is not going to go nowhere. So we have to be crafty on what we do and be smart about on our messaging too for when 2020 comes. Yeah, I agree with you. I stopped by um, um, uh, Nancy Pelosi's office today. One of the things mm-hmm. they were talking about um, is cleaning up the health care. And number two, they're hoping to restore Section Five of the Voting Rights Act. Uh, the Voting so, Rights. Yeah, you, right. Right. So. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and, and those are the things that they should be focused on as far mm-hmm. as as far as moving forward versus all the investigations. I I'm, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a lot of investigations and a lot of probes. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they go, I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know if they're they're being done just to expose uh, or or to execute something. Um, well, well you, you have to realize Washington, D.C. is what I call the East Coast Hollywood because everything is sort of scripted out here, too. The actors just don't get paid as much as those in Hollywood do. But what we're going to do is these investigations are going to open up some of the mis- misdeeds that the Trump administration is doing, and its only thing is it set us up for 2020 so we can figure out the next, you know, why the, whatever, if we want to get a Democratic president, why we need one in and expose them on why they need to get out. One of the things I do hope that they um, do is do something to support the the Mueller investigation. I mean, or or it, put something in you, place you mean, where you mean to protect him? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, I don't well, know how you, or, or what. I I, I totally agree with you, but you know they could have did that when they first when they first when he first got appointed. They could have. I agree. That could have been done then, and now yeah, he's at the tail end. Of his, 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 I think it's almost over if you ask me. And the point is, is that will this report go anywhere? I mean, I, I, Donald Trump, if anything, is a very lucky man on the way he got into, you know, he's in office and he's firing the right people and, and doing things that has never been done according to the Constitution. I mean, it's just, I, I don't understand it, but it is what it is. But um, I hope it's over soon. And I don't know, you know, what this report is going to say. It's been all, it can go all over the place. But then once we do this report, where do we go from there? Because uh, once the report is released, well, there's two things. So the, mm-hmm. what's the guy, I, I forgot the guy's name. That was a Whitaker. Is it Whitaker? Oh, yeah, Whitaker. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so my thing is, what is Whitaker's role going to be? I mean, is are they going to be able to release the report to the Republic, or, or is he there to, to block it? Or um, I, According to, to where it's set up now, as him as the acting attorney general, he is the boss of Mueller. He, the, the report goes to him, and he can decide to what, what he wants to do with it then. He can take it home if he wants to. But he's, you know, it'd been good if he had sent it to Congress so he can see. But he doesn't have to do anything with it. He doesn't. So, I mean, this is, this is a catch-22. It's an interesting situation that we're in. But, I mean, it's, 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 it's the way with our government is set up. But according to, you know, when a, the attorney general resigns or leaves, you're supposed to, his assistant is supposed to uh, go to his spot, you know, to be the next person in line. But, you know, with this administration and this government, what we got going on now, they're not, they're not doing that. So since you brought that up, which is an interesting point. So I, my understanding, they're trying to do something about that, I, but, uh, or have to say that he, he didn't get the post or didn't get the appointment legally. I, 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 I didn't read, there was an article they, or something. I they, didn't get a chance to right. read it. But. The, the, the justice department, the, the very department where he works for made a ruling today that his appointment was legal. Now, this is the Justice Department, where he works at, who he's over, is telling him that his appointment is legal. Okay, so it just, you know, they didn't go to no outside court or anybody else. It's, it's his, you know, his own people saying, you know, so, you, it's okay for you to do it. So, so basically, he's policing himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how, I mean, yeah, how does know, that work? I, this, is, this is, like I say, it's the East Coast Hollywood. This has been probably planned for the longest. The man came on as chief of staff after he was just a, a, a consultant, a, a, a Republican consultant, even on CNN, but he was working for a nonprofit, if I'm not mistaken. So they already knew his views. And the president a couple of days got on and said he didn't know this man. But they got him on tape saying he knows this man. And we still let him get away with it, you know? So, I mean, you, it's... it's which is I, I don't understand in the first place, and 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 that's just a prime, just one example of the the president saying one thing, and there's video, audio of him mm-hmm. saying something just right. totally the opposite, right. and we continue right. to let him to get away it. with that. Right. Um, I mean, I I remember I watched the movie Minister Society, and if anything that movie taught me is don't do anything on videotape. Now we have everything on videotape, and nobody's believing it. <laughs> It's not that they don't believe it. It's just that they're they're not doing anything about it. I mean, you know, well, people playing the videos, uh, or but it doesn't but his, matter. But his base, his his base, his supporters don't believe it. They don't care. They don't care. They That's don't the believe it. No, they don't care. Yeah, yeah. We we know the difference. But it's his supporters that come to these rallies and all these things that that don't. They he could say the sky is green. They're going to believe it. So, I mean, in a way, that's kind of scary, you know, but, I mean, in a way, you know, it's politics. It's, the man came at the right time and captured a, a, a part of the a segment of the, the, um, the segment of our community, the segment of our people in this country that didn't, you know, weren't paying attention to what was going on, and they just saw this man that they see on TV all the time, and all of a sudden they're going to believe him, you know? Yeah, it's, 
it, it said and did you have to continue to fact check something right uh right well, you don't even really have to fact i mean it, it's so right. i mean with the internet i mean it does it doesn't take but two right. minutes it, it, but a lot of people right. don't even take the time to to fact check whatever it is right and and for this to be 2018 it feels like we're living in 1950 1960 on some of these just the racial things that are going on um you know and it's all i was telling my father the other day when he's taking me to the airport it's like you know, it's people that used to wear those white robes that were the Klan. They wore them robes to disguise themselves. But in this day and age, they don't need those robes. They don't. They walk right out here in the, into the society, plain as day, and let you know who they are. Yeah, it, it, there's definitely been an emboldened society since uh, he's come in office. Right. So right. Did you see? So the, my, did you see the case of the, of the lady in Maryland who called the um the the man the N word, and she's a a library librarian for PG County School. No, I didn't see that story. Yeah, it's in Maryland. It's a story, so it's it's, it's going viral. It's on Facebook and stuff. But she, you know, and she, the the wife, the the sister, got out of the car and said, "Did you call my husband the N word in front of my kids?" And she said, "I sure did." And she mentioned, and she's a public school. She's a teacher for the PG County. I mean, a librarian for one of the schools in PG County. Uh, and then on that, she was wearing a Redskins jacket. And not that she, I'm not getting on for being a Redskins fan, but you're going to use the N word, and then you're wearing the Redskins thing, who's Symbol is a derogatory term. Right, right. And then right. you act like you were here first. So, so Mike. For what, last, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I was like, last I checked, the uh, the Native Americans were here first. They weren't, they, the European people didn't come here first, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> yes, they were here first. So right. we have a call, we have a caller. So there we go. Uh, let me pull the caller in. Hello, caller. Could you state your first name and where you're calling from? Hello. Oh, um, I'm Sherelle Simmons. I'm calling from Kansas. I'm just kind of listening in and to the um, to your podcast. Okay. okay, no problem. Is it Kansas, we'll City, Kansas City, Kansas, or Kansas City, Missouri? Kansas City, Kansas. Kansas. There we go. That's good barbecue there. But I did have I did have a question because I was listening to your comment about the boldness of people as far as expressing their, their racist views. So. Um, and I do have I do have evangelical Christian friends that I go to church with, and, and like you said, they don't believe they believe everything that he says, but they do believe he's the he was appointed by God in some weird way. That's their that's their backdrop. So uh, my question is, what is it going to take for? I mean, because he, he's done everything imaginable, um, and they still somehow never support him, and I don't understand why. But um, what is it going to take? Um, for, for evangelicals to really stop and and look at what he's doing and what he's saying because they, they really do believe that he was sent there by God. They believe God put him there for such a time as this to do what? I don't know. But um, So what do you think it's going to take? Is, is it going to take him, you know, like he said, he could walk out in the street and shoot somebody, um, and people would have still elected him, so he could probably do that now and they still support him. But So what do you think it's going to take? Mike, I'll let you for, take that uh, one. Uh, you, you, for uh, for his people to get get you. Well, first of all, you think they're evangelicals? I just think they. I don't even think most of these people are that religious. That are his followers. The man himself well, doesn't even he, go to church. On the Kansas side, on the Kansas oh, yeah. side, and I, mm-hmm. my church is is multi. We have about a thousand members, and it's multiracial. And I will, mm-hmm. I can, I can assure you mm-hmm. that seventy, every almost every 
a white person in my church, and, and the majority of the church is white, they all mm-hmm. support him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm certain of it. And mm-hmm. so because they believe, even though the man doesn't go to church, because mm-hmm. he's, he's brought back some religious freedom, well, he's mm-hmm. bringing back religious freedom, prayer in school, he's, he's, he's um, changing the, the transgender laws that they had in place. He's, getting, he, he's doing all these things that they think are religious but, rights. But weren't they already, the, weren't they evangelists? Isn't that what they always were believed anyway? Correct. Yes. Yes. And you continue to go to church with them, though, right? And knowing that they believe it. I do. Well, here's, here's, so, here's, I mean, here's my philosophy on that. Uh-huh. My philosophy on that is they would love for you to leave them alone in their ignorance. You know, they mm-hmm. love it. But when you are that person, because I'm, you know, I am a Christian and I know mm-hmm. what the word says, but what you have to do is they, they, they would love to just sit back in their ignorance and continue to believe what they do until you become that thorn in their side. Mm-hmm. To say that, okay, these are the fruits of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You because know, you have to come with them where they live. And, mm-hmm. you, and and I'm there. And I'm like, these are the fruits of the Spirit. If this person, and you judge a, a tree by the fruit it produces, if mm-hmm. it's not producing good fruit, then it's not a, then, then it's not a righteous tree. So not... I come to them on that level. And what I have done uh-huh. in doing that, I'm probably going to ostracize about half the people. But uh-huh. there are some people who have since started to read. You know, because when you come with them, when you come with them with the word, and they're supposed to be um, Christians that believe the word, you can't argue with the word. You right. can argue with me about what I right. do, but you cannot argue with the word. So, um, yeah, I, I go there, and I and yeah, they would love if I would just up and grab my stuff and grab my toys and leave. But mm. why would I do that? Why would I not stay and be that that lone voice? Um, right. That's saying this is wrong, and I don't know why you guys call yourself well, well, you, I, I, I hope you're not the lone voice. It's whoever the pastor or whoever the, do they do they speak about this in church? They do. Well, our pastor did do what he. It got so bad that he did a whole mm-hmm. series on race, mm-hmm. and he did let people know that that racism is alive and well. I don't know right. what you may be thinking, but it's alive and well. A black man. He 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 broke it down so eloquently the way he did it. He mm-hmm. he talked about various communities within Kansas that if you go in there as a black man with a hoodie, you're going to get arrested for real. And he mm-hmm. said, so it's real that even though you may think that I don't see any racism, it's not I don't see it. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean that other people are not experiencing it. So he did a great job. Um, some people probably left, but um, he did a great job of letting people know if, if, if it's not gone. Racism is still here. People are not just making this up. They're not just still playing the race cards. Um, because that's what some people believe. So he did a great job. Oh, and we also have a group that I'm a part of that's called Be the Bridge. And mm-hmm. we took a group of diverse men, women, white, black, Asian, all diversities in our church. And we have mm-hmm. this group, and we're talking about some hard topics. And I've been to two sessions, and I'm telling you, um, one lady, I mean, she's, you know, we had one, just an example, just one white lady that's in our group that said she has never experienced anything like we were, like some of the black and people of color that were there were, were telling her they experienced recently. And she just kind of broke down because this is where she was coming from. She never, ever experienced any form of racism at all, ever. So, well, but, that's good. but she's white, though. I don't think, the, I don't, I always, white. white people, I don't know if they, they understand, they never racism. But, the, but the, the reason why her it touched her is because, mm-hmm. 
I think the scales just kind of fell off of her eyes after going to that group. The scales because she was like, well, wow, you experienced that, and you know, she was just like, I just didn't know, and you know, that's that's that would be a lot I, of. I, I, I agree with you on that side, but sometimes you have people like that who feel are feeling very guilty because of what their family they have done prior Correct. to them or what kind of family. They know, they know what their family, what kind of lineage they come from. And sometimes they Correct. run these churches, they feeling guilty, so they think that if they pretend like they can understand our pain, they can, that's going to absolve them of everything that their previous family did before them. And, you know, I'm not buying that. I'm not going to buy that. But, I mean, it's, I hope that, you know, these people can be educated a little bit, but I think it, some stuff goes in one ear and out the other. It just does. I think that's correct for for some, but if you're really trying to, you know, I'm going to give some of them the benefit of the doubt, not all Mm -hmm. of them. I think some of Mm -hmm. them, it's ingrained in them, and they're never going to change. But I do Mm -hmm. believe there are some people, you know, there's some people in the group who truly, who truly are trying to do different, you know, think differently, Um, at least understand, at least open Mm -hmm. your mind to understand what, what people of color are going through. Don't just shut it off as them complaining. Try to understand, try to walk a mile in someone else's shoes. And I think that people right. just don't do They don't get it. They don't understand so, that so, you haven't walked my path, so you don't know. Right. So, so let, me ask you, let me ask you a question. So those people that are in your church that you know feel that way, that kind of have, you know, a little apprehension about you, do you talk to them? Uh... <laughs> See, see, I would talk to him. I would say good morning, hello, and I would sit next to him in church every Sunday too, you know just what? to let um, him know. Here, here's what I do. Here's what I do. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know how you work. I was trying to avoid them because I was so upset with them. Um, but then I was avoiding them. That's real. But then, but you're in, ch- you're in church. You shouldn't be upset or avoiding people. You're you in go. church. There you go. There you go. So I got arrested. The Holy Spirit was like, mm-hmm. "What are you doing, and why are you here?" So. So I was trying to escape and hide from these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The Lord just quickened me and said, what are you doing here? What are you doing? So they, they want you to hide from them. They want you not to speak. But what I want mm-hmm. you to do is to say, mm-hmm. no, we disagree. I don't understand your point of view. I don't agree with you. I can still speak to you and be civil. So yeah. I've said, I've said, change that. And you know what? The relationship has started to to change. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, started to, it started to change. Because they understand that I'm just not a because the way they were viewing me was a hater of Trump. And I said, why mm-hmm. Why are you viewing me like that? I disagree with what, what he's, some of the things he said, gun policy, but that doesn't mean I hate anybody. I, I disagree with him. And you should disagree with some of the things he's saying and doing also if it doesn't line up with the word. That doesn't mean that you didn't vote for him, that you can't support him, but I don't support anyone Part block. I'm just not gonna just because I voted for you. I'm not gonna go along with everything that you do if it doesn't line up with what with my belief for one. But um, so they're starting to understand where I'm coming from. That I'm not coming from a place of hate. Were, were, were you I'm, going to that church when Obama was president? I was. I was. Oh, okay. So how was it then? It was great. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was. It was. It was so peaceful. It was great. It's just now that Trump got in office that has changed. Because they they feel emboldened now. They feel emboldened that they got one of theirs in the office now. When Obama was there, the first couple, first year or so, they were happy for it because it was historical. It was. But then right. he got two right. terms and he stayed a minute, and that was a little <laughs> bit too long for some of these people. It was. It really right. was. So 
they they at that time pretty short church they can't go up in there act crazy because they got a, you all got a, we got a black president and we're in church they can't act up but when Donald Trump comes up in there they feel emboldened now they are there early on the first pew and you are not getting under the seat because they want you to see them they do so I mean you're a good one I would be up in church every Sunday talking to those and sitting right next to them. Well, you know I have no problem. Like I said, I don't have no problem with with, with um, speaking to them. I don't, and guess mm-hmm. what happens? They kind of stopped inviting me to certain things, which I didn't care. But all of a sudden, they started back inviting me. Yeah, you should, you, so, so you, should go, you, you should go and you should go and bring twenty people with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but why yeah. did they stop inviting you? Right. You, know, I think. I think they felt uncomfortable around me. Um, were, were you the only black person there? Around. There's a lot of black people there. You know, I think they just felt uncomfortable mm. because they're an older group of ladies. They're an older group of ladies. And the older group, and, you know, they're in their 50s, I mean, 60s on up. I was in uh-huh. that prayer group. And uh-huh. the older generation is having a real hard time because they're into that patriotism at all costs. You see what I'm saying? Okay, this is a, this is a prayer group. This is a prayer group. It's a prayer group, a prayer yeah. group. So every time you pray, you should start your prayer by naming them by name and say, Lord, I want to pray for <laughs> such, 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 and such while we're here and going about our business. Because it's a prayer group. They shouldn't be back. They should be, you know, they shouldn't be up in there with all that kind of attitude for that. I would definitely, oh, I would pray for them every day. I would. Well, and you let know, them know that. You know, I, I, can, I, you know, and I do. I not every day, but I do because we break off and pray for each other. So mm-hmm. I do pray for them. I pray for them. Don't let me get the mic. Do you do you pray, pray for, for Donald Trump? Do you pray for Donald Trump? I pray for him. I pray that the Lord will will will, will cure his illness, whatever's wrong with him. You have to pray for him because he's crazy. <laughs> I got you. And I'm um, just checking. I'm you just have checking. to pray. You keep saying because you know he. You have to pray. That the Holy Spirit, because if he can use an ass, he can definitely use him some kind of way, at least to change his mind or, you know, I do believe you should pray for him because there is something wrong with him. And mm-hmm. um, the only way, words won't get to him because he don't, he don't listen to anyone. But prayer can do things to people that, that, that words can't. So I do pray for him. I pray for the, the nation. I pray for the election. I pray for, I mean, constantly so that God would show up and show out at that election, that he would even think mm-hmm. out. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I honestly believe that that's exactly what he did. He kind of, you know, brought us back to the table, um, you know, Democrats back to the table to kind of balance this thing out. And because the Republicans are so afraid of him that he was doing whatever he wants on chip. You know, nobody was able to check him, and you have to have somebody that's able to, to oppose him, you know, you know, check him when he's, when he's getting out of line. And so... I was praying for that as well, and when when things happened the way they did, I was really, really grateful um, that now we have a seat back at the table, and he can't just run crazy and do and say whatever he wants. So, yeah. So, so what are your thoughts on his uh, comments regarding the journalists last week? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not commenting on that because I was, um, you, I understand where, where John Trump is coming from. He is, he doesn't understand that journalists are not really your friends. They're there to be that, you know, that um, sounding board. They're there to ask you the hard questions. That's their job. They did it before he came, and they're going to do it when he leaves. But he doesn't, treat them, he, doesn't treat, he doesn't treat them all the same. He doesn't. He, he, he doesn't. No, especially, all, all journalists are not created equal. Right. He, does not, it, he only it, wants it, you to ask him a question that he wants to answer, 
and that he, he is still comfortable answering. He doesn't want anyone to ask him, and he has no respect for women. Black women is probably at the bottom of the pole. He doesn't like to be challenged. And when these reporters, especially reporters of color or or they ask him a question, he feels as if they're attacking him personally. He doesn't understand his role as the president, that this is your job. This is a part of your job. You have to interact with the media. And, and really, that should, everyone should be upset about that. I mean, because he shouldn't treat them like that. And he, he doesn't even understand that what he's doing is violating their constitutional rights. So he doesn't understand. So, no, I don't or, he does, or he doesn't care. He doesn't care. That's real. I think one of the reasons he had he had a problem with the the black women journalists, specifically women, mm-hmm. is because um, I think one he realizes that black women are are the ones who are going out in full force to ensure that um, they're voting and getting the vote, doing the the get out the vote efforts for everybody else. You know, trying to ensure that everybody right. else gets to the poll. So that's that's a problem right. for him. So I think he, he, back, he, he takes it out on the journalists because they're also black women. I think the second thing is he realizes we were just talking about Maxine Waters, but that's a black woman that he really doesn't like, that he despises with just the, the ground she walks on and the fact that she's right. going to be head of that committee. That's another black woman. Right. So I think it it just all came in full circle last week, you know, after the election, it was like, you know, here's another black woman in my face asking me a question. And then there's also a third reason. He does that to, to incite his base, his people that, that support him. He does that. That's his way of, without calling them a name or being blatantly racist, is to let you know I'm keeping these people in check. This is how I'm doing it. Right. Anytime one of these reporters get up here and says this, says something, especially the black ones, this is how I'm going to treat you. Because when he did Abby Phillips like that, when I was watching it live, you didn't know who he was talking to like that. You didn't know the reporter that he said that was such a stupid question. And then when I found out it was a sister, it all kind of made sense because his whole demeanor changed. He started pointing. He came close to her. You know, just, you know, things that you wouldn't do to other, you know, other reporters or anything like that. So that's just another way to incite those people down, you know, his West Virginia, his Kentucky, you know, the people you know, in right. the country clubs to let them know that, hey, I'm, God, you right. sent me here to do this, and this is how I'm, going, I, I'm doing it. Well, I think he has a perception of black women, and he's basing it off the vaccine, that they're confrontational, that they're in your face, and they're not going to back down like the, the white women you're used to dealing with. And I think he doesn't like, <laughs> he is judging us all, you know, that, that we're all like that. No, we're just you know, we're just, we're doing our jobs. I mean, we're just not weak. We're not going to cower down to you. And he doesn't know what to do with that. I don't think he doesn't know what to do with that. And when he saw the reporter, you know, trying to raise her hand, it was as if she was trying to get him to do something that he didn't want to do, not understanding that she works for a news company and she's trying to ask you a question. That's what she was sent there for. This is true. But then we also had to realize that Donald Trump never thought he really was going to be president and neither did us in America. (laughs) We uh, no. he didn't think and in, in a million no. years he would have never said that I'm going to be president. He might have tried to win, but when he got in and came down the escalator, I didn't think he was going to win myself. Look at where we're at right now, you know. So this man yeah. never he never practiced for this job. He never took any you know thought about once I get in this office, this is what I'm going to do and change. Next thing you know, he's elected right. president. You know, he right. got all his power at his fingertips. So I mean, 
Well, it, it, it's, I mean, uh, I should have ran. I mean, Donald Trump run. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, if you well, but you, you would have won. But you, you're right. I don't think he thought he was going to win either. I think it was right. all a publicity and a business stunt. You know, something that just to to attract attention. Exactly. It was exactly it was, and and just so lucky it was the right, he was in the right place at the right time, going to get 17 other people who and he was just charismatic, and people at that time were looking for something different. I mean, President Obama yeah. was great, but we were looking for something different, even if it was going to be Hillary Clinton. It's still going to be, they, right. everybody kept saying it's going to be a new president, but that she's going to continue his policies. That was just saying that's the same old person. And after a while, right. people just wanted something a little bit different. And then let's not right. talk about the people that went and voted and just said, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump just because he's not going to win. And he won. You know, some people <laughs> just did that. Um, you, you, when you go behind them curtains, people don't know what you, well, you can say you did this, but, you know, you really, they, they don't know what you did back behind there. So, you know, all these exit polls and people that they, I don't believe, once I come out, I might tell you I voted for somebody differently just to throw you off. Well, yeah. he won. <laughs> and yeah, he won. And I should have sworn he would have been gone within four or five months, and it's two years. I, it's going on two years. <laughs> so my point is this. I don't think we, we don't even need to be trying to get rid of him or impeach him. We need to keep him in and work on getting him out in 2020. That's what we need to work on now. We He's halfway through right. now. That why you go? It's like him going to high school and you go kick him out after his sophomore year just because. Go on, let's let him finish and let's get both him and Pence out in 2020. Because why we go? You know, efforts to do all this other stuff. He's still gonna be off. And the man told you, I have the Senate. I'll do whatever I'll do to stop you all. Plus, you gotta remember, he has the FBI and the CIA up under him. He can find out anything he wants to on anybody in this world, in this country. Don't mess with him. Yeah, right. I, I agree. I, I again, I agree with you. I I've been thinking the whole time, if 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 he's gone, just like you said earlier, we got Pence, and to right. me, Pence is at least to me Pence is worse because at least you can predict what the current president is going to say or do. He, he's right. pretty. And, my, and and when when something happens, what do you hear? What do you hear from Mike Pence? You hear nothing. The man says nothing, and with he's no, not he even any, he don't compliment. He don't, he don't, he don't, he don't comment on any of these things, or he just sitting there like, oh my goodness gracious, I can't believe. First of all, we won when he picked me, and second of all, I'm this close to being the president. Yeah, because because he wouldn't have won re-election in Indiana. Right, exactly, and he's from Indiana. <laughs> but now, you know but, but now was, he's vice you know president. Where the Klan was founded at the Klan was founded in Indiana, if I'm not mistaken. It's there's a lot of them up there. So you you going from bad to worse. Well, maybe yeah. he just found his time not saying anything, not alienate anybody. So who knows? He may try to throw his hat in the ring in 2020 because he, he's he just is. saying something. You know, you know who knows what his plans are because he's not trying to ostracize nobody. He's not trying to comment on nothing. He's probably just trying to make Trump look as worse as he can so he can't be reelected. So he may just throw his hat in the ring. That wouldn't surprise me one bit. He hasn't said a whole lot, but for some reason I think that he's going to be – this, he's going to come up in this investigation. There, there's something because he hasn't been interviewed. There hasn't been. It, it's been silent on his end, so mm. to speak. I, mm. I think that there's something more there than oh. there. I don't know if that makes any sense. But yeah, I think there's a there there, and um, oh. it may just it just may come up when when the report is released. 
if it's ever released. <laughs> yeah, if it's ever released. <laughs> to the public, that is. <laughs> well, it may be now. It may be now. We'll see. But yeah, that that is a good strategy. Don't say anything so don't, they don't look at me. Yeah. yeah. Don't say anything. <laughs> I, you know, you kind of learned that when you was growing up. You did something wrong. Just keep your mouth shut. Don't even say <laughs> nothing until you know. Until they get you know. If it's just one, you and other, know another person doing it. You can't say nothing. If they don't say nothing. But you just be quiet. You know. You just, but one of the things he sure, tries to and do. And I'm it. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Donald Trump does not tell him everything anyway. Oh, no. Donald no. Trump doesn't no. share everything with everybody, so he don't know what's going on with half the stuff. He should know, but um, hey, yeah, he doesn't. How you gonna find out? Oh, no, right. he and don't and know. Donald Trump hasn't been to, hasn't been to visit the troops yet. He's been down to the border to stop Mexican illegal illegals coming in, but he hasn't been nowhere to see our troops yet. Nowhere. And well, he couldn't even go. He couldn't even go to a grave site in France. Come on. So why? Yeah, why that was an embarrassment. That was an embarrassment. He's not gonna see the that live was an Right, that was an embarrassment. <laughs> that, that, I mean, to be, it, 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 it was embarrassing. I was hot. I, all of my soldier friends were hot. Now, I don't know what the supporters, I don't know how they're mm-hmm. not upset, but we were hot. Because when the Queen, Queen Elizabeth out there in the rain, she out there in the, right. in the rain, the her World War right. ceremony, we were all just like, are you for real? You can get your umbrella. I mean, if you that ain't all about the rain, go ahead and get you an umbrella, well, President. And, and, and you know, Donald Trump, it, it, he affects you in a lot of ways. You can't sometimes go on vacation overseas now because people look at you different now that's because you're from America. When Obama was president, we could go anywhere in the world, and they would say Obama. They was happy for it. They knew. You know, it was a good thing well, for what know, he was doing for the world. With Trump, you, know you cannot go nowhere without them, no. and they look at you like you're crazy. No, here's what happened. I went to Europe this week, this summer, and I was, mm-hmm. in, I was walking on a trail in Germany with my brother. And I happened to, uh, we ran across some Germans, and they were like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from the States, and all, all, all. He said, oh, yeah, that's Trump. They started talking trash. Right. The Sometimes they say they feel trash. sorry for you. They say they feel and sorry. I, I said, feel sorry for you. And you know what I said? I said, he's not my president. I was like, I didn't vote for him. And, uh, and the guy was like, he's, he's the worst. They were talking, he was talking trash about Trump in Europe. So I really... Didn't mention his name when I was over there. No, the guy was like right. really upset. Right, so you're not, you're not running over there wearing no Trump shirt, no Trump T-shirt oh, that no. we was wearing Obama all over the world. <laughs> you're not doing that. You ain't doing oh. that. You think about it. I mean, you gotta think about it. How, who, we, we don't yeah. wear none of that stuff. I will be getting uh-uh. my passport going through customs real quick. I go through real quick. And I wasn't <laughs> shouting that I was American. I mean, they kind of figured it out. They kind of right. figured it out when we started talking, but. For the most part, there's a lot of Africans in Europe, so for the most part, if I didn't say anything, mm-hmm. they didn't know if I was an African that was over there. They have a lot of mm-hmm. refugees and um, mm-hmm. asylum folks. They didn't know whether I was a refugee until I started talking and <laughs> figured it out. But my daughter and I, we just didn't, you know, we just didn't wear a lot of American clothes, you know, like, you know, American symbols and stuff like that. We just wore just regular clothes because we didn't know the climate. We didn't know how people were feeling, so we just kind of blended in. Um, Got to do that. Got to do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, the discussion. Oh, thank you for calling. Hey, don't, <laughs> and, don't, and thank you for calling. Don't forget to go tell them people at your church that you know you're praying for them every day, regardless that sister so-and-so want to have a little attitude. 
You know I'm going to do it. You know. That was true. You should. And if you can, why don't you put it on Facebook Live or something so we can see it? <laughs> when you put when you put your fa- your phone up and start recording them, they get really really nervous, and then they really really want to get in their feelings, but they'd be okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna get off the line. Um, was we can put you on hold so you can listen to the rest of the show if you great, want. Great, 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 thank you, thank you. That's okay, we'll do that. Okay. Okay, that was a great discussion. <laughs> mm-hmm. You still here, Mike? I'm still here. Okay, just want to make sure I didn't put the wrong line on hold. No, so, no. we're, we're, we're um, gosh, we kind of covered a lot in that. Um, Wait, can we go two hours? <laughs> we got to pay. I'm, gonna get, I'm about to we, get you we, some sponsors. <laughs> yeah, I need some sponsors. Do that. Um, so, oh, I guess I should put the, the number out there again. So if mm-hmm. you have any questions or comments, feel free to call us at 563-999-3627. Again, we're at 563-999-3627. And um, so the other interesting thing um, that we should talk about, so prior to the um, – uh, during the election season – uh, there was a lot of talk regarding new blood and leadership, um, mm-hmm. and but it appears that there's no one vying for the leadership position except for Nancy Pelosi. You have any thoughts? Mm-hmm. Well, Nancy Pelosi is very smart. She's very smart. She's a powerful woman. She's been doing this for years. And I'm gonna be honest with you. When we I've worked when we've been in the majority and when the Democrats um, were in control the last time. It was Nancy Pelosi who was in control. She knows what she's doing, and she's the one that got health care, the Obamacare, to get through the House and through the through the through the legislature. But I think she's also she's smart in knowing that her time is up. But I would like to see her get the gavel back, you know, for to be a transition speaker for the next one to come in. And but this is going. She's not going to do. I can guarantee you that this will be her. She's only doing this for two years, if that, if she doesn't leave before that. But she needs to Sarah, She does need to have the gavel back for all the hard work that she's done in raising money for candidates for the Democratic Party and being a tactician. She's a, she knows that place back, you know, um, you know, backwards and forwards. And for somebody that works up on the hill, I I can I know how that place works. You know, you see a lot of stuff. A lot of people outside of the Beltway see you know Congress differently, but behind the scenes, it's it's, it's cutthroat. And Nancy Pelosi is the one, the best person Democrat right now. For this job, but she does need to groom somebody soon that's younger for the position and other positions. They do because the the leadership is looking like the AARP club right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was funny. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, the, but you're you're right. the The leadership is getting older and older, or I should say, more experienced versus older. No, you had it right. Older, you had it right. Older. <laughs> Just call, just call it what it is. You just you gotta call it what it is. And as but, you can but see, I, with I this think last election, uh, a lot of young people are being elected. You have your youngest woman at 29. You have two of them, one at 28, one at 29, that been being elected. You have more black women coming in now. Um, a teacher, national one, was a former national teacher of the year. One, uh, Lucy Macbeth, her son was killed in Florida. Um, was shot by the white man for playing his music too loud. So you know, not only is the 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 the, fate, the look, the makeup of Congress changing, 
it's just the way it's going to think as the Congress is going to change, too. Because some of these people have some real-life stories. Yeah, uh, there's two Native Americans. There's more um, mm-hmm. the LBGT community is represented. Right. The, right. I mean, the Muslim community right. is represented. It's, right, it's, right. It's shaping yeah, up and beginning um, to look more like right. America. Right, it does. It is, it's, it's sad that the Native Americans were the first person people here, and they about the last ones to get elected in the Congress. You see how this this, this country works, you know? And then right. they didn't want them on some right. reservations in North Dakota. They were trying not to let them vote. If you had a P.O. box, you couldn't vote. And, you know, so it was just, it was just so uh, funny to see how old Jim Crow laws were becoming just so evident. You were seeing it live and direct. I thought never in my lifetime, I'm born in 1970, I would ever see, you know, the things that my, my, my grandparents and parents had to go through in the 50s and 60s. I never thought I would see that in my lifetime. And, it's, you know, it's, it's happening right before us, this high tech. Yeah, you, you, you ha- and it's so overt. And I, I said the same thing a couple of weeks ago. I was in Georgia, and I, I kept asking people, I said, what year is it? What year is it? Because I'm confused. Mm-hmm. What year is it? Mm-hmm. Because because everything is, you know, before, I guess, within the last 20 or 30 years, you know, it wasn't as overt. But it's overt now. I mean, oh, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it used but, to be. You know, I remember my father, I- my father used to tell me when I, I went to school in Mississippi, and I'm born in Detroit, but down down and down south of Mississippi, places like that, you know who don't like you. You know who don't. You go up north, you don't know. You know, I just that's how it was. I in Michigan, with I would be around white people, but you didn't know. You thought that they were they were cool with you, but you didn't know that down when you went down to Mississippi and Alabama, you knew who who didn't like you. So you didn't really have that problem of you know you people stabbing you in the back and they really don't care for you or stuff like that. It was just certain counties you didn't go in in Mississippi. So you just looked at somebody that was white down in Mississippi, and you at least thought that maybe there was something, you know, you're you watching them out the corner of your eye. You know, I saw the, I saw the movie Mississippi Burning in Mississippi. It was very emotional to see Mississippi but, Burning but, in Mississippi. But going back to what you were saying about the, the Native Americans in um, mm-hmm. North Dakota, so – the the thing with them, uh, or the reason the, the way they were trying to ensure that they were unable to vote is to say that uh, they had to have a street address. Well, the reservation mm-hmm. doesn't have a street address. They have PO boxes, and and mm-hmm. that really, you know, I was talking to my mother about that because my hometown, for the longest, everybody had a PO box. You didn't have mm-hmm, a street right. address. So I'm just like, you know, how, you know, you put these 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 tactics in place and make it seem like it's not racist. But in fact, when, when, if it's only affecting one group, then what else can you say? But that is racist. Right. Exactly. It's a racist policy. Exactly. So I, I, again, right. I guess we, we have to ensure that when the new Congress comes in to segue back mm-hmm. to them, that they are able to fix these issues that have gone awry since to the, the, I think section five was, was scratched off in 2013. Mm-hmm. So by, whatever by the Supreme happened, Court. Right. So to figure out how that we can get that back in place or to get the, the laws fixed where uh, right. people don't have to go through that just to vote. Right. And then also remember, it's not just, na- you know, na- uh, federal elections, national elections. It's your local ones too. You know, city council, school board. You got to kind of start right. there. Right, because like I said at the beginning of the show, all politics is local. So you're right. right. You're absolutely right. 
one other thing before we go. So just just to add a little comedy to it. So since the election, mm-hmm. has anyone heard anything about the caravan? Mm-hmm. No, not at all. That was just that was a big uh, a big C O N conspiracy, a big C O N conspiracy. Then you're going to try to say the Democrats were down there um, paying for them to do this and do that and all this stuff, you know. But I can guarantee you that um, that was just. A, but you have to realize that was very smart. I did not think Donald Trump was could be this smart with when it came. He knew he wasn't going to win everything, but he knew what to start just just enough to keep him. A buffer with the keeping with the Senate, and you know the tacti- tacticians that came up with that were very smart. They were very smart. Now we just got to outsmart them the next time. We really do because I mean your your average Joe, your you, we knew what that was about. First of all, who walking five thousand miles these days? Who's doing that? <laughs> and then you you go walk five thousand miles and you're not guaranteed to get to the last the place you want to go. Who does that? You know? But here's the the unfortunate part that is is affecting the taxpayers because did he not send troops to the border? Well, yes, yeah, supposedly, but of course you notice you didn't see too many too much video of that though. You know, no one really showed. I, I, I know, but but my whole, my whole thing is 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 hitting us in the pocket. It might have been a stunt, but it's a costly stunt. It's, it's, it's well, I mean, well, we were still gonna be paying for the we were gonna be still paying for them troops if they were if they weren't being deployed down there. We still paying for them every day. I, I, just, well, I see what you're true. saying, but I mean, and, you know that that's that's you know that that was just another ploy too. But that's cool because they're going down there and they're not gonna really do anything. I don't think nothing's gonna jump off. But he just said, "Hey, let me try to because he can. He can do it." He said, "Let me just send troops because I can do this, and it's gonna make it seem like you know it did to me. Even I don't like I didn't like the policy, but it seemed to me like okay, he you know this man is at least doing what he's gonna do to protect." America supposedly, even though his, his the way he's going about it is wrong, but you know it, it was it, you know politics. Like I say, this is East Coast Hollywood. They had a better they had a better script on that one than we did because we couldn't. I, I always said that we should have been talking about you know the Democrats did not send. We didn't go down there asking people to come up here and do that. He's the man is lying. Show me some proof of that. But we never called him out on that. And I don't know if the people are scared to call him out because he might get a foul on him or something. I don't know. You call it East Coast uh, Hollywood, so basically a wag the dog. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You go wag the dog, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So on that, I, I want to thank you, Mike, for being a guest on Care Alive, and I want to give you a chance to plug Usual Suspects. Tell us about oh, Usual Suspects. Well, real quickly, I'll, even though I do have a day job um, working, you know, I kind of I also have a social uh, aspect to my life, too. I have an entertainment company called The Usual Suspects here in D.C., and we throw very live, different events uh, in the area. Tonight we're having a singles um, event um, down in D.C. I couldn't go because I was going to be here tonight, but it's for all the singles in the area to come out and do things like that. And on Friday we're having a party where we play number but Dirty South music. So our parties are sort of thing. We, our age range is 23 to 30-something right now, so I don't really be going out all the time. But we get it's an avenue for people in the city to go out, uh, let their hair down, have a good time, and meet new people. And when it's, we also do political stuff, doing Congressional Black Caucus. We have events and things like that. So if you're around the city, come and check us out at Usual, the Usual Suspect. Um, you can catch us on the website. It's like not, not like the movie. It's, uh, Usual Suspect is U-S-U-A-L-S-U-S-P-E-T-Z. 
And I named this the usual suspects because if you watch the movie, at the end, it did not, when it ended, you did not expect it to end like that. So when you go to our parties, they kind of, you go and you don't expect it to be as live as it is after you go there. So that's how I came up with the name for it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we we have uh, one more caller, so we're going to let them yeah. make a comment or a question real quick, and then we're close no out problem. the show. Hello, caller. Could you state your first name and where you're calling from? Kelly? Hello. Oh, my God. That's Hello? my sister. <laughs> yeah, this is your sister. And this Dad, is my sister. Before you left. This is okay. my sister. Hi. Oh, she's more middle, middle, middle uh, tax cuts for middle class. Go ahead, Kelly. Yes, you didn't talk about the tax cuts for the middle class. But uh, my one comment before you all go, I just want to say, ever since Trump has been elected, I look at it as a soap opera, and this is like season four, and the elections was like the finale, you know, to the next show began, and it was like, what's going to happen? So I watch the news all the time. I watch Fox News all the time because I like to hear what Fox is telling the people. But I look at this as like I can't believe I'm living this life with this president, but it is like a reality show. And it's like, what's going to happen next? What's about to happen? Who's the new characters? Who's about to leave? You know, so it's just, I just can't believe that I am living this world. And I try to explain to my kids, but they're not listening. But it's just funny that he is a reality star. And I'm looking at this world as this is just a reality show. So true. Yeah, so true. Yeah. I, and, and, and I think you're not the only person who's watching it that way, too. There, there's, there's thousands right. of people who are watching every episode. Yes. Well, well, we hope we hope in 2020 we can cancel his show. Correct. It'll be the, the season yeah. and the year end finale. That's right. what I'm waiting for. Right. <laughs> thank, thank you, Kelly, for your comment. Thank you. Great show. Great show. Thank you. Thank so you, much. Kelly. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, again, thanks, Mike. Uh, greatly appreciate you being on Care Alive. No problem. Um, just let me know when I can come back, please. <laughs> and I just want to tell everyone, uh, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, if you want miss some of the broadcasts or you want to hear it again, uh, feel free to check it out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Tootie, Google Play, SoundCloud, or just ask Alexa. Anywhere that you listen to your podcast, I think we're there. So um, check us out next week, next Wednesday at the same time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Thanks for listening to the show, and thanks again, Mike. Bye. Bye Bye-bye, everybody.